listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 In sports, it seems not possible until it is possible. And this happens all the time. I can the, the, the series that really jumps out at me was when the Lakers were going. What were they going for? Four in a row? When they played Detroit that year? Uh, Four and yeah. five years. Four yeah. and five. Okay. won the year before. Yeah. And and it felt like, thank you, Mackenzie, is it felt like, there's and they had Malone, if you remember, they had some of the old timers. I think Gary Payton was on that team. Yep. And the idea of them, it's like this Pistons team, who was the biggest name on the team at the time? And even to this day, no gigantic names. It was one of the few teams that won it, whereas it wasn't about one or two stars. It was a team. But it seemed impossible. And then Pistons won, Pistons won. All of a sudden, it looked like, how could the Pistons lose? I was thinking that in the Spurs against the Heat, the year they actually ended up losing. But the you know Spurs could have easily won that series, and then they won the next year. It's hard to imagine this Phoenix team, a team that was discounted the entire year. Oh, they're playing hard in the play or in the regular season because they don't know any better. Second seed won't matter. They might have to face the Lakers. Oh, it's against the Lakers. They're done because they have no inside presence. I mean, this is all stuff we've heard. Uh, no way they're going to win the Pacific Division at 12 to 1. Well, yeah, we heard that too. <laughs> and you know what? Every step of the way, they've knocked down the doubters. They've knocked down what stood in front of them. And I would make the following case. If Harden stays out, and we don't know when he's going to be back, if back, I'm not sure there's any team that Phoenix should be afraid of. I think even without Harden, Brooklyn would be favored. But I don't know by how much. I mean, it won't be gigantic. I know that much. And... I just never saw it, right? It was always, well, Utah's got the better record, you know, by a couple games. So there, if you're going to pick a non, you know, typical team, a team that's not, you know, one of the great franchises or with super, super, super duper stars, it was Utah seemed to get the default. And very few people, I mean, Mackenzie, just go back, find kind of the break point uh, where it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Uh, title wise, but I mean, if I recall, they were in the 20 to 1 range, the Suns, not that long ago. So pop in when you got that. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And the point about checking the odds here is saying it wasn't all that long ago that you could have bet a little to win a lot on the Suns. And what I'm seeing now is a team not just winning. But a team that's gaining confidence, Jonas, you predicted that, and Chris Paul's getting healthier. Uh, their inside presence with Aiden's improving. I got to tell you something. I don't. Uh, to me, the news here is the fact that the Suns are a very viable contender for the title. You got those odds, Mackenzie? Yeah, the All Star break in March was thirty-two to one for the Suns. There, and, and this was a team that was pretty much right there with the Lakers and the Clippers in the Pacific at the time. So, exactly. They, they had the lead on the Lakers and Clippers already at that point. Yeah, so you have the lead over the Lakers and Clippers, but that don't count. Well, Lakers are gone, dispatched by the Suns. Clippers, will see. They're down. But 
Chris Paul's there, and I mean, it's, it, to me, it's exciting and it's noteworthy. Jonas, what's your takeaway? Yeah, no, I think they've been outside of Brooklyn. I think Phoenix has had the most impressive showing in the postseason thus far, just based on. And you could say, well, you know, um, you know, the Lakers took them to six games, and you know, if you look at Utah, they only got taken to five, and and I get all that. And Milwaukee <clears throat> going into their series after what they did to the Heat were impressive, but Phoenix had to overcome the champs. They had to overcome the team that everybody thought even at less than 100%, you know, the Lakers are going to roll in that series. So they overcame that. Then they come out this series and were completely dominant over the MVP of the league and a Denver team that showed a lot of guts in, in, in finishing off Portland the way that they did. And when you factor in that Phoenix wasn't really a part of the bubble outside of just the remaining games to meet whatever the TV requirements or season length requirements were, there was a feeling, and, and Monty Williams, I think their head coach, deserves a lot of credit, where everyone asked him, you know, what, what, do you, what do you tell your team that, you know, they haven't been here, they haven't dealt with, you know, these playoff pressures, and he says, I don't need to tell them anything. You guys have already told them. And he's just trusted that they were going to figure it out and go through the process, and, and I think that Lakers series was massive to their confidence. Yeah, so I, I agree with um, – I would put a little spin on your general point. This would be my affirming of it is that no team has gained more in the playoffs so far. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Yes. But the fact is, if you do beat LeBron, when quite frankly, your key player or your veteran key, it can't shoot threes playing, you know, partial games. And, yeah, I get it. You can say on the other side, oh, the Lakers were hurt too. But all I know is that when the Lakers went up 2-1, they were significant favorites to win. No one was thinking – everyone was saying, wasn't it a shame the Suns, you know, got a second seed, but they had to face these Lakers. And here we are. And they look better than – I mean, what could they face that will be more daunting? At any point – I'm not saying they're going to win it for sure, not even close – But I can't see a reasonable scenario that they're going to face between now and winning the title if they do that will be more daunting, that will be more challenging than when they were down 2-1 to the Lakers and LeBron's clowning and and the sense of – LeBron does that for a reason. He wants to psychologically take the other team's hope away. And it not only didn't that happen, it seemed to be a driver for them after. I think they've overcome their biggest challenge. And because of that, they're the third favorites and behind the Nets and the Jazz. And I don't think that that is wrong in any way. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The College Football Management Committee will meet next week in Chicago, and they are expected to propose a 12-team college football playoff expansion. Uh, now, there's been talks about when this could possibly get done if it's approved. Uh, 2023 has been a year that's been thrown out. There's also some that were reporting earlier this week. This could get done as soon as this year. But the way that it works is that under the 12-team format, uh, according to ESPN, the four highest-ranked conference champions would be 
seeded one through four, they would get a first round bye. And then teams five through 12 would play each other in the first round uh, on the home field of the higher ranked team. Uh, and that would set up our brand new college football playoff, expanding from the current four game, uh, four team model to 12 teams. Okay. So Jonas loves this, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I you, awesome. you like more playoffs, more more things to bet on. Live bet Jesus gets going, <laughs> right? So, is there any negative? If they made it a thirty-eight team, would that be too much? Yeah, well, you? that's that's too much. Um, I I would say we know the, one, the line. <laughs> the, the one the one negative on this is that you've got to win your conference championship in order to qualify for a bye. Well, Notre Dame was in the college football playoff. That means they're out moving forward, unless well, they join out, a out conference. Of a bye. Yeah, unless they join a conference, they won't get a bye. And and I would and I would say a bye week is a, an advantage, as we've seen in in a lot of in in the NFL for years and years. So that's the one thing that I, I'm curious to see if there's any sort of modifications when they get together and discuss this. That maybe there's you know Notre Dame excluded from that, or but I, I do think this was ultimately they were eventually going to expand. I thought it was going to go to eight teams um to see it go to 12 seems like a lot but i just think at some point the money was too much and, and there were there was no other option other than them expanding from the four so is there speculation on what will happen with uh how the bowl games would be affected i have not seen that yet I've anything seen... that decreases the number of bowl games has my vote okay <laughs> so yeah i and I got that from uh, from Brett McMurphy. He said, expect anywhere from four to ten bowls to be eliminated by 2023 okay. if this goes through. There. All right. Well, we might hear <laughs> Alabama and Boston College decide to play one that weekend. But, <laughs> but I will say this. I don't like the number. I like it being split where you're – because here's the thing. What are you fighting for? What we saw in the NBA playoffs hunt this year – Different than the NFL, some like like Jonas. I thought, oh my gosh, you only you got seven teams or, or six teams or what? Yeah, six teams, I guess it is, all kind of down there in the muck, and then one team gets a bye. And to me, it, it it just made the fight for one was always important, right? But now the fight between two and three don't matter anymore in the NFL playoffs. This creates it feels like in a good way and i'll tell you why i don't like it but in a good way it competes it creates a lot of competitiveness for the different slots right everyone's going to want to be one then everyone's going to want to have a buy so four and five becomes super competitive and then everyone's going to want to be in the top half of the non-buys if you're not getting a buy because you want a home game so everything counts. And every week, imagine that it will come out and we'll be debating it. And I love all that. Here's what I don't like. A playoff only has a purpose, one purpose, effectively, ultimately, and that's to decide the national champion. Can the 12th team really win the national championship? I don't think they can. And thus, why are they there? And this isn't the NCAA tournament, right, where there is a sense that if you're a team that's the 14th seed and you win two and make it to the Sweet 16, you've done something. This isn't what that's about. This is football. Every game is a, is a battle. It's, you know, concussions, all the stuff we worry about. Why would teams be playing in a game like this 
that don't really have a chance to win it. And my question is, Jonas, do you see the 12th best team any year having a legit chance to win this thing? No, but it does create the .0001% chance that they could, and thus that's why people, I think, are supportive of this because they feel like, well, at least they're going to get their opportunity. Yeah, but if they would have went to six, that would have been interesting. Two buys. Yeah. Then four, because I think that six and seven, you could still make the case that decision is important. But now 12 and 13 doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something about getting in doesn't mean very much in a chance to win it. And and there's also the the feeling that, you know, the SEC is 100 percent on board with this. And there's been some thought that, well, you know, the SEC doesn't want expansion because, you know, they're always guaranteed to get at least one or two teams in. No, no, no. The SEC is on board with this because. I mean, at the end of the year, five teams possibly are in the top 12 when it comes to the the, the final rankings. So this would be a, a, a stage for yeah. even more SEC love uh, to come out there. So so they're they're good with this. So if you if people out there are tired of the SEC and they're tired of hearing about them and you think this is going to eliminate that problem, it's not. Like this, I, you're still going to get at least a couple. That's a great idea, Mackenzie. Look up last five years how many SEC teams have been in the top 12. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it, I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some people are saying Love's doing well. Some people are saying he's not. But here's the Vegas number that hates Love. Who's going to be the Packer week one starter if Rodgers is traded? If he's traded. Jordan Love's not even the favorite there. Drew Locke is 3-1. to one. Derek Carr is 4-1. to one. Jordan Love is five to one. I get the Derek Carr part. That's just the odds of him getting traded uh, is smaller. But the idea that Drew Locke would come in pretty much cold and beat out Jordan Love, that's what Vegas thinks. That does not bode well. You could say Vegas hates Love. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't I don't know how that makes any sense, but uh, well, uh, you know what, what do I know? I'm bad at gambling. Well, uh, hey, take, right. take off the rubber band, baby. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com, and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 